0: Please turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4, starting from verse 25. Ephesians chapter 4, starting from verse 25. Um, We're continuing to look at the book of Ephesians, uh, but we're going to slow it down for the next couple months and focus on Christian relationships. This is a big theme in the book of Ephesians. Uh, Last week, The message was about how Christians grow to live out the the new life God has given to them. You know, the good news is that Jesus gives new life to those who trust in Jesus. But it doesn't stop there. New life results in new relationships with each other. And these new relationships have an important part in God's salvation plan for the world, it's through these new relationships that God's love is displayed to the world. These new new relationships set the foundation for all other relationships. So we're going to read the Bible together, uh, but before we do that, I thought we would try something a little different uh, this morning. Um, a lot of times uh, we come to church and there's somebody here who prays for us and, and we lead in prayer. Uh, Sometimes it's good if we actually take time praying together in service because it helps us to see that God is present with us and that we can pray to him. So we're going to try something. Um, we're going to pray together. In, in, in just with just so the person beside you, either be prayed for or pray that God would speak to us this morning. It doesn't have to be anything long. Just ask God, show me your glory. God, help me to understand your word. And then I'll end this off. All right, 30 seconds. Turn to the person next to you and just one of you pray. Go. Ten seconds to finish off. Father in heaven, we we come to you, and we thank you that you're here. Thank you that we can each pray to you, God. Thank you that you speak to each of us. Um, and we pray, God, as we've been praying, that You would help us to understand Your Word. Um, you know we're so limited in, in our ability to communicate, but I pray that Your Holy Spirit would make it clear what You want to say to us and give us discernment, give us encouragement, Lord. We thank You. We pray these things in Your name. Amen. All right. So with that, let's read God's Word. Ephesians 4:25. Get your phones out. I'm going to be reading from Ephesians 4:25 to chapter 5, verse 2, and then we're going to also read chapter 5:18 to 21. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. When you go down to verse 18, chapter 5, verse 18. And, and do not get drunk on wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So, so the main point for this morning is that faith relationships set the foundation for restoration in all relationships. Faith relationships set the foundation for restoration in all relationships. So I encourage you to keep looking at the Bible because I'm going to outline... Where we see this in the passage. Before elaborating, so last week, if, if you were uh, here, we tuned, we read the same passage, oh. and we focused on one aspect of this passage. Uh, we focused on the individual implications for believers, but there's another aspect in this passage that we didn't talk about, and this aspect is seen in two key words, which is repeated again and again, and the, these two key words are one another, one another. So chapter 4, 25, and 32, we are members of one another. Be kind to one another. Forgive one another. Chapter 5, verse 18 and 21. Address one another in spiritual songs. Submit to one another. These one another's are, are weaved between Other ways believers are commanded to live out new life because new life and new relationships are are interconnected. They go hand in hand. Living out a new life means a new way of relating to other people in your life. And and the focus in this passage is on how new life changes the way people, Christians, relate to each other. It, It describes what relationships between believers should look like. You know, relationships, starting from verse 25, where we're truthful to each other, where anger doesn't cause us to sin, where we provide for each other's needs. Relationships where words encourage and give grace, that have a heart of compassion for each other, that that are marked by forgiveness and selfless sacrifice. Chapter 5, verse 18, tells us worship is central in Christian relationships. You know, we're, we're to encourage and lead each other in worship through, through spiritual songs that cause our hearts to give thanks to God. You know, that's, that's what we're just doing. You know, those are a couple of examples in the passage of, of how believers are to relate to each other. But just as important as the how of Christian relationships is the, is the why. You know, Why do believers practice these one another's? And the reason is because it's an expression of who we are. This passage doesn't just tell believers how to relate. It's not just do X, Y, Z. It tells us of our faith identity. How believers relate to one another comes out of who we are. So verse 25 Believers are members of Jesus' body. That's why we speak the truth to one another. That's why we use our words to build each other up. In verse 1, believers are God's beloved children. As God's children, we want to be like our Father. We want to reflect His forgiveness. We want to reflect His kindness and sacrificial love in our relationships. Chapter 5, verse 18, believers are to be filled with the Spirit and and worship each other because we've been told in chapter 2, verse 21, that we're we're part of God's temple. These faith identities, they were established at the beginning of Ephesians. We've talked about them already. This passage is focused on how our faith identities transforms our relationships. As Christians, our relationships flow out of our faith identity. Living out our faith identity in every other relationship is the key to restoring and redeeming them for Jesus. And we see this when we look at the bigger picture of the passage in Ephesians. See, chapters 4 and 5 of Ephesians, that focuses on how believers should relate to each other as a spiritual family, members of Christ's body, a temple of God, Now, if you look at the end of chapter 5, after this whole long section about believers' relationships, it starts to go into, starting from chapter 5, verse 22, it talks about how believers are to relate with one another in other relationships, such as marriage and family and work. And the order is very important. It tells us where the foundation for Christian relationships begins. It starts from our relationship with God, goes into our faith relationship as believers, and then moves on to other relationships in our lives. Faith relationships set the foundation for restoration in all relationships. Because you don't need to look very far to see that we are in much need of restoration in our relationships with each other. know the news, you know, tells us more and more of different conflicts between different groups of people around the world. And the past year of COVID has actually led to rising numbers of divorce. You know, families are divided over different values and, and worldviews. You know, there, there are so many awareness campaigns on, on relational abuse and how people can find help. And in the past year, and even more than a year, you know, the counseling and mediation professions have seen large increases in demand. And besides all of that, there's our our everyday experiences of living in a sinful world. You know, we have friends, we know coworkers, we have family that that act in ways that are that are harmful for healthy relationships. They might be overbearing, manipulative, apathetic, indifferent, passive, aggressive. And, And if we were honest with ourselves, we've also been the source of harmful behaviors in our relationships with others as well. People need restoration in all of their relationships. But when we think about restoration, there are huge barriers, huge obstacles that keep restoration from happening. And and, and here are a few. Differences are are simply too great. People no longer find any common ground so that they can reconcile for them to relate over. Relationships fizzle out because people change and they can't find a way to, to come together anymore. Now, another barrier is, is different standards or expectations of love. There's no way for reconciliation in a relationship because people can't agree on what they should be contributing. Or, and, and this is closely connected to you know, that, the issue of fairness or unfairness. You know, where there's a feeling that you know, what, what the other person is doing is not fair They're not doing as much as I'm doing, or they've wronged me so much, they can never make up for all the things that they've done wrong so that we can be back uh, in a good relationship. Uh, Another barrier is simply selfishness. We get to a point in our relationships where we refuse to make an effort for it to continue because it's just easier to focus on ourselves and not have to care about the other person. So there's a need for restored relationships, but at the same time, there's these barriers that make, you know, full restoration impossible. This is where, this is where the gospel, this is where the good news comes in. You know, relationships in a sinful world are like branches cut off from a tree. You know, our relationships are cut off from the source of nutrients needed for them to grow. You know, human relationships were created to grow and flourish in the love and presence of God. The, the love that people received from God was meant to overflow and fuel our relationships with each other. God is a community of love. He's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And God created humanity to live in a community of love filled with his love in relationship. With him. Now, Genesis 3 tells us God walked with Adam and Eve. And God's plan wasn't just to walk with Adam and Eve alone, it was for them to be fruitful and to multiply so that God could live with a whole world of people. But that plan didn't happen because humanity, we, we rebelled against God, we sinned against God, we told God, we don't need you. We can live better on our own without you. We can have good and loving relationships with one another without a relationship with you. We, we cut ourselves off from the source of love required to sustain our relationships with each other. And, and the consequence is the, the conflict and problems that we experience in our relationships and our day-to-day lives. The core problem in human relationships is lack of relationship with God. And, and so the solution begins with restored relationship with God through faith in Jesus. Now, all of our fa- failures, all of the problems that we, that we face in relationships with others is meant to point us to our need for Jesus. Now, Jesus died so that people could have God's forgiveness for sin. Jesus died so that people could live in God's presence through the Holy Spirit. Jesus died to display God's perfect love to the world. And receiving God's love through trusting Jesus sets the foundation for restoration in all relationships. And the Bible passage today tells us four ways faith in Jesus does this, okay, four ways. First, faith in Jesus sets a common basis for love and responsibility. Second, faith in Jesus sets a perfect example and motivation for love. Third, faith in Jesus sets a unifying purpose and direction for relationships. And finally, faith in Jesus sets the ground for mutual respect and equality in our relationships. So I'm just gonna elaborate on these points in in, in detail. So first, faith in Jesus sets a common basis for love and responsibility. See, verse 25, 425, we're members of one another, we're members of Jesus' body. I I wanted to try something. Everyone lift up your arm like this, one of your arms. Take your hand and just give yourself a little pinch. Did did you feel something? Hopefully, yes. (laughs) Or you're not healthy. (laughs) Why did you feel something? Well, because your arm is a part of your body. Now, now imagine for a moment okay, how you would feel if your body parts were at war with each other. Right? So, so your fists punching your stomach, stop eating food, your, your feet, they're kicking your shoulders. You, know, you would be in a lot of pain. Your body parts would be in a lot of pain. Think of it this way. Right? Imagine the pain Jesus feels when his body of believers are not treating each other the way that we should. Jesus is in a lot of pain because through faith, we're made part of the one body of Jesus. And this gives us a common basis for relationship. How we treat one another directly affects Jesus. We're his body parts. When we harm each other, we harm Jesus and we harm ourselves. As members of the same body, we have responsibility towards each other. We each have a part to play for the well-being of the whole body. And, and our neglect of responsibility affects the well-being of everyone else. And it ultimately affects Jesus. A Christian's relationship with Jesus and relationship with other believers are, are deeply interconnected because we are members of one another. And this connection is made concrete through the Holy Spirit. You know, we each have the Holy Spirit inside of us. The Holy Spirit connects us. You know, chapter 4, verse 30 says, you know, the Holy speaks to us when he's grieved by the ways that we're not treating each other the way that we should. He tells us. He's sort of like that nerve, the nervous system, telling the rest of the body there's pain in this area. We're members of one another. But we're not just members of Christ's body. Chapter 5, verse 1 tells us believers are, are God's children no matter how different we are we're brothers and sisters who share the same father and what god does in the gospel is is he restores human relationships by providing a common ground for love and responsibility we're each a part of Jesus' body we have jesus as our head we are all god's children he's our father we're all connected through the Holy Spirit. No matter how different we are, no matter how we may change in other areas of our life, our faith identity never changes. There is always common ground for relationship. So, so if you find yourself stuck, stuck on how to build a relationship with another believer, just start asking them like one simple question. How did you come to know Jesus as your savior? How did you come to know God as your father? How has the Holy Spirit been working in your life? And if you just ask that one question you guys share, you'll find you have many, many things in common because of what God's done in your life. Faith sets a common basis for love and responsibility. Second, faith sets a perfect example and motivation for love. Right? We're to forgive as God forgave. We're to love each other sacrificially as Christ loved us. Now, God's love is the example for love in our relationships. It's this standard that that challenges us. It's this ideal that we're constantly reminded and called to strive towards. Jesus sacrificially gave all of himself to us in love. He held nothing back. He never gave up on his disciples. He loved them to the end, even the one that was going to betray him. He suffered the pain and agony of the cross until his last breath for our sins. You know, God the Father forgave all of our sins. He didn't hold any of the wrongs we committed against us. God has forgiven us of things that sometimes we can't bring ourselves to forgive. Often in relationships, we're tempted to change God's standard of love. You know, we tell ourselves it's too hard, it's not realistic, it's not fair, I've done enough. No one else in the world loves like this. This is insane. And to each of our excuses, Jesus reminds us, Jesus reminds you, I made love possible. It wasn't fair for me. I'll love you to the end, though no one else will. And as Christians are reminded of God's love for them in Jesus, that gives us the energy, the motivation to forgive, to continue to imitate God's love for us in our relationships again and again and again and again. Faith in Jesus sets a perfect example and motivation for love. Third, faith in Jesus sets a unifying purpose for God in our relationships. Faith in Jesus sets a unifying purpose in our relationships for God. Chapter five, verse 19, believers are commanded to address one another with spiritual songs. We have a relationship with one another that's very unique. We are fellow worshipers. As fellow worshipers, we lead each other to worship and delight in God as our creator and as our king. The purpose in believers' relationships is to encourage each other in our relationship with God. There's an upward purpose in our horizontal relationships. They're supposed to sort of peak up like this. Human relationships were never meant to end with ourselves as the goal. Relationships were never meant to just stop between love amongst people. They were created, in its DNA, they were created for the greater purpose of worship. Know all of our relationships in different ways are meant to reflect the love of God and to lead us to worship him. And this brings us to the last point for this morning. Faith in Jesus sets a ground for mutual respect and equality verse 21, chapter 5, verse 21, believers are to submit to each other in their relationships. And the reason that believers submit to one another is out of reverence for Jesus because we're not that great on our own. (laughs) Faith puts every believer on equal ground with one another in terms of our value and status because we're each made part of Christ's body. We have each received the Holy Spirit. Christ is in all of us, and all of us are in Jesus. And more than this, the Holy Spirit has given each believer gifts to serve as part of his body. We're each necessary and important. And when we recognize this, we allow ourselves to be served by each other. We see the value in one another because we actually see Jesus in each other. And we we submit to each other in the areas that God has gifted us. So for example, you know, the arm will actually allow the feet to walk, and the mouth will allow the arm to feed it, and so on and so forth. Serving and submitting to one another in our gifts keeps us close in our relationship with God. It's actually part of the process of being filled with the Spirit in verse 18. We are each members of the body. We're filled with the spirit and we bring the presence of the spirit to one another in the ways that we serve. All right, so let me, let me, let me summarize. Right, faith in Jesus gives us a new identity. We are members of Christ's body, God's children, part of his temple. Our, our new identity means new ways of relating with one another, We serve and treat each other as fellow body members. We love each other as brothers and sisters. We worship together as God's temple. And these faith relationships, they provide a common basis for love and responsibility, a perfect standard of love, a motivation and purpose to God in our relationships. And it sets the ground for, for mutual respect. Faith relationships set the foundation for restoration in all relationships. Our our, our relationships need restoration. Whether it's with your friends or family or spouse or coworkers, with yourself or anyone else. But many times we treat the symptoms instead of the root issue. I just need to communicate with my family better so that we get along with one another. I just need to make sure I put more effort to stay in touch with this friend. And these are good things, good things to do in a relationship, but they don't get to the root issue. The root cause is that human relationships are meant to be spiritual. Walking together with God in the garden was the purpose for human community. Relationship with God is the purpose for human relationships, but we've taken God out of the equation. And this is where things go wrong in our relationships in so many different ways, let me name a few. Instead of letting God be the goal and letting Him be the defining point, we make something else the focal point. You know, we can make the relationship itself the goal. We place our identity in who we are to other people or in the relationship itself. You know, our life becomes all about our family or all about our spouse or about finding a spouse I know actually a couple married couples who they spent two years planning their wedding. The relationship was based around planning the wedding. They got married and then afterwards they got divorced because the relationship was really just based on planning a wedding. <laughs> and it sounds silly, but we, can, we do that in other ways. You know, we, we try to replace the relationship that we were meant to have with God with other relationships in our lives. You know, we expect our family or friends to be only what God can be for us. And this leaves us unsatisfied, and it places really unreasonable demands on those people. You know, we try to make ourselves the focus in our relationships. You know, instead of seeking God, we actually try to be God. All of the problems we have in relating starts from taking out God as the core of our relationships. And the solution needs to start with seeking relationship with God we need to come to know God's love by trusting in Jesus as our perfect mediator. Through Jesus, we can be made right with God. And that's step one, coming to faith. And that's a crucial step for restored relationships, and it's crucial for your salvation. It doesn't stop there. Step two is letting your relationship with God become the defining point of who you are in your relationship with others. Before you are anything else, Before you are a parent to your child, before you are a child to your parents, before you are a husband or wife, before you are part of a family, before you are a grandchild, grandfather, niece or nephew, aunt or uncle, before you are a friend or a neighbor, before you are anything else to anyone else, you are a child of God, you are united to Jesus, you are part of God's temple, and he dwells in you. Who you are in your relationship with God sets the foundation for how you relate to other people. They are to be your brother or sister, fellow member of Christ's body, and fellow worshiper. This spiritual dimension is what was lost in our relationships because of sin. And these faith relationships need to become first in all of our relationships. Without them, our relationships with one another, they're incomplete, We're missing a crucial component that's needed for our human relationships to function. Without faith relationships, we don't have a common basis for love. We don't have the perfect love of Christ to fill us. We're missing purpose and direction. We lack mutual respect and equality. It's only with faith as a foundation that restoration begins to happen in other relationships. Without faith, no matter how hard you try to fix the surface problems, we won't be able to solve the underlying issues. Now, I want us to start to think about what this means for us. <coughs> and to help us to start to see what this m- might imply, here are a couple of things to reflect on, some heart questions. Think of this. What relationships are currently most important to you in your life? What relationships are currently most important to you in your life? Who are the people most important to you? Who are the people most important to you? What's the first answer that comes to your mind when you're asked the question? Very very philosophical, but very important. Who are you? (laughs) Who are you? You Who or what defines your identity? So I'm not asking what the right answer should be, right? Because most of us, if you're a Christian, knows the right answer. Jesus, 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 child of God, Jesus. But what I'm asking is what are the answers to these questions at the heart level and how you actually live and think in your day-to-day life. And if you're, if you're honest to the answers to these questions, that's going to help you to start to see where faith is lacking in your relationships. Okay, l- l- let me put this another way. How much does child of God, united to Jesus, and worshiper describe who you see yourself as? If you're dating or or married, how much does brother or sister in Christ and fellow worshiper describe how you relate to each other and what brings you together in your relationship? Faith relationships need to define who we are in all of our other relationships. Because it's only these relationships that are going to last until eternity. You know, just, just, just a reality check. right? The relationships you currently have with people are going to end sooner or later because we're all going to die. You know, w- when your parents pass away, your relationship to them as child ends. When your husband or wife passes away, your relationship to them as spouse, it ends. W- when you die... Who you were to anyone else in that capacity is going to end. After you die, the only relationship that you'll have left is your relationship with God and your relationship to other believers as God's children. This is the reality that we need to have in our other relationships. Faith relationships set the foundation for restoration in all relationships. We're going to be talking more about this in different relationships in the coming Weeks and months, but let me just end. With, let me just end with this. I <clears throat> Talked a lot about you know truth and you know theology, which is good. But let me just share a testimony. I've shared a bit of my testimony before, but let me focus on one specific aspect of it. So when I was a kid, I don't remember how old I was, uh, but I do remember it was like in the middle of the night, and my mom had put me to bed, and I was about to fall asleep, uh, but my dad he burst into the room. <laughs> My eyes were like blinded by the light because it's in the dark, and he seemed really excited about something. He had a Bible open in his hand, and, and he told me, "Evangel, right now I'm your father, but in heaven we'll be brothers." And then he left, and I was like, "Dad, what's wrong with you? Like, <laughs> why are you so weird? You are so weird. I, I don't want you to be my brother. Just be my dad and go away. I want to sleep." Okay. Like he, this is—he was really excited. I think he had a Holy Spirit moment. <laughs> uh, so. So as a child, I grew up with Christian parents, and they would teach me stuff about God and the Bible, and I didn't actually have any problems with Christianity. I, you know, I accepted it, and, and I tried to follow it. But what I really hated was my parents talking to me about faith and how I should live. You know, I didn't want them to tell me what, what to do or what to believe. I wanted to do what I thought was best. So, so as I grew older, you know, our relationship went from okay to bad, from bad to worse, from worse to, to actually horrible. And it got to the point where we didn't even fight or argue anymore. We just stayed out of each other's way. You know, I you know, came home really late, and then they left early in the morning, and it was just a cycle that continued on. And, and you know, my parents basically like, they, they gave up on me. You know, my dad would go to work every day. He would feel so sad and so depressed. A- and I came to obey and trust Jesus as Lord and Savior, not because of my parents, but because of other relationships in my life. You know, m- you know, so much of my life um, or early adult life was just burning bridges, like f- different friendships, different romantic relationships. Just, just never worked out. It just ended, it ended in a lot of hurt or anger uh, or bitterness. And through all of these different relationships that didn't seem to click, you know, helped me to see that, you know, it wasn't other people that was the problem. You know, I, I was the problem in all these relationships. Like, I was so selfish, I was so full of anger. And it got to the point where I realized that I can't fix myself. Like, there's something that's wrong with me that affects my relationships. I can't fix the selfishness and anger in my heart. And and that's where, you know, all the stuff you learn about Jesus, or I learned about Jesus as a child, it started to make sense. Like, like Jesus restores. Jesus heals. Jesus has forgiven me of these things, but I actually need to trust him. I actually have to give Him my life. I actually have to make Him the most important relationship. I have to give up whatever relationship that I feel is most important. And, and for me at that time, it was a romantic relationship. And God was like, I can, I can change you, but you have to trust me. You have to make me first, follow me first. And when I put my faith and trust in Jesus, a couple of things started to change. Some of them actually very, very miraculously, like overnight. Um, one of the first things that I experienced was just like anger and hatred towards my parents just was gone. I actually had a desire to want to to like get to know them more. Um, but but that relationship didn't happen overnight. You know, th- there was a process that began with talking to them here and there, talking to them about faith. Um, I, think I got to a point where I told them, hey, we should do family devotions. Like, how come we're not doing family devotions? This is wrong. And then they told me, well, we didn't do it because you would get so mad at us every time we try to do family devotions. <laughs> uh, so we just started step by step. Uh, we actually talked about faith, we argued about faith. Um, but it opened the door for my parents to share about how God had changed their life. You know, when, they were, when they were younger and their relationship with God. And, and we were able to talk about these things bit by bit. We would start to listen to one another. Um, and then as we sort of grew, you know, our relationship as you know, parent and child start to reconcile, and it's always a process, right? But, you know, was able to really see God's grace. Um, I think it's a blessing to see that in the past, you know, couple years, just to be able to serve with them is, is really a blessing. Um, just being able to support my parents and their ministry. Um, but all of it really started with with faith. Started with getting to one another, know one another in, in that capacity. Um, know that this is a very big topic for for all of us in in so many different ways. We're we're coming from so many different uh, backgrounds this morning and different sort of dynamics within our families when it comes to faith and with our friends and with ourselves. Um, But I just want to encourage us with this testimony that if we seek to put God first and we seek to live out these faith relationships, whether that other person is a believer or not, that's the way that that God's going to work to restore other relationships in our lives. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. Um, l- l- let's pray together. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we come to you. We know that you are the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. You are the father of us all. You are the king of all of our families, Lord, all of our relationships, God. And, and we come to you this morning knowing, knowing that we need you, Lord. We need you in our relationships with our husband, with our wife, with our children, with our parents, with our friends, with each other, God. And I pray, God, that you would give us the faith to put you first in our relationship, to trust you, to trust that if we seek you first, we seek your kingdom first, we seek you as our Father first, God that you'll work through us to to bring restoration in different areas of our life. I pray that you would give us wisdom and just mutual encouragement as as a new family of God. Thank you for giving us new relationships. Thank you for making us a family through your son, Jesus. Thank you that your love is so high and so deep and so wide, God that it transcends understanding And we pray like the Apostle Paul prayed, God, that we would come to understand this love together more and more as a family, God, that in those moments, Lord, when we feel like giving up, God, that your love would encourage us. Your sacrificial love would encourage us. And would we be able to display that love more and more? God, we, we need you. you know. Even how we just see how, how many ways we fall short, God. Um, so we come to you. Lord, we pray that you would change us. We pray that you would empower us. We thank you in your name. Amen.